Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Afropolitan. Now, you may do all that's in your power to save that job, but given the current crisis, it's always a possibility, irrespective of how good your performance is. If you do end up losing your job and the employer lets you go with the severance package, what does that mean for you? You may think you have enough to sustain yourself for the next few months with that settlement um, that your company pays you. But don't forget that even the severance pay is taxable in the hands of the employee as profit in lieu of salary under Section 17.3 of the Income Tax Act. Now, to get more detail on that and to give us, um, I think, a layman's term of how all of this works, I'm joined now by a senior tax attorney, Darren Britz, from Remuneration Specialists. Thank you so much for joining me, Darren. Uh, thanks, Mitra. Thanks for having me. So maybe let's just um, unpack firstly the severance package, um, uh, how that is calculated. What is it different for each person depending on how long you've worked? Yeah, I think it's important to understand, Mitra, that there's generally two groupings of amounts you'll see on that severance package. Um, the first is amounts that you are entitled to just based on the work you've already done for that employer. No, so that might be some salary that's due to you, your leave pay. Um, there might be a notice pay in your contract that says, you know, when you leave, we have to pay you out two months' notice. Uh, might be a bit of a bonus prorata you're entitled to, you know, if there's a, if there's a bonus scheme in your company. Um, and then there's a second amount, the amount that we all kind of hear about, which is called severance. And that's generally mandated by the Labor Relations Act. You know, we hear about that one week of pay for every completed year of continuous service. And generally, those are the two groupings of amounts you'll see um, on your package. Of course, that one week, likewise, is just a minimum amount. So some employers might top that up, that, that amount up, you know. Got you. So, Darren, so this can be, so obviously your calculation in total can sometimes be quite a bit depending on how long you've worked for the company or it could be um, uh, less compared to others. Um, but whatever it is, you're getting a bit of money at the end of, um, your working time if you've been told to leave in the next two months at the end of the two months you get this package and then you're told um, that you will no longer be needed how does this then get paid out to you yeah no good good question um, you know, again it depends on the amounts that are being paid you know so for example your ordinary amounts that are due to your salary your leave pay and that kind of thing that is paid by your employer in the ordinary course of the payroll just like they would do your salary at the end of the month or the 25th of the month, mm. you know. The, that portion, that's the severance amount, you know, that gets the additional tax break, that's a little bit different and a bit more complicated. Uh, there, the employer has to basically engage SARS first. Uh, they have to go through what's called a directive process. They have to make an application to SARS. They confirm that it is a retrenchment. They tick the right boxes and they, they exactly say how much they're going to pay the employee. And SARS will then come back and explain how much tax that employer must withhold on that severance amount. And once that employer is comfortable, they understand the tax uh, obligations. They will make that payment to that employee on a date they agree with that employee. So is there any set formula or is it on a case-by-case basis when you have this discussion with SARS? Um, well, really, the, the question becomes, is it severance? Mm-hmm. You know, so for example, in the media, we've heard about guys who leave a company on a mutual separation basis. You know, sometimes we hear about this golden handshake. I think the media often call it, you know, mm-hmm. and an amount like that, for example, is not severance. 
You know, severance really is a very small group of employees. It's guys who've been, you know, terminated because the, the, the company's either closing down or they simply can't afford to pay that employee or that a position becomes redundant. You know, very different from a termination because, you know, I want to go. It's past my agreement, you know. Um, but typically on the tax, the tax is the same when it comes to that, that severance amount. So it just comes down to how much you get paid will determine how much tax that you end up paying, you know. Okay. And then, you know, you, uh, you, you talk about the difference between a golden handshake and then you have the, um, uh, the severance package. You also get a voluntary severance package. How does that work? Yeah, correct. Um, and that's of quite an interesting point we often deal with in our, uh, in our firm, you know. Um, a few years back, SARS took the view that a voluntary retrenchment doesn't have the same tax as an involuntary retrenchment. For that exact reason, they were trying to stop guys using it to get favorable tax when they just simply terminate an agreement and pay a guy an amount of money, you know? Um, fortunately, in around 2018, a number of us in the tax community made representations to SARS to say, you know, you've actually got this completely wrong. There is such a thing as a voluntary retrenchment, which is the same thing as, a, as an involuntary retrenchment, or rather it has the same tax treatment. It's just a case of the process is a little bit different, you know? Uh, both of them are, are governed by the Labor Relations Act. In both cases, you send a notice to your employees. The only difference is on the voluntary, it's a bit quicker, you know. So you, you ask the question first, is anybody who does want to go first, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't need to follow that LIFO process and all the strict requirements of the Labor Relations Act. Um, but if you can show there's a bonus fide voluntary retrenchment, uh, it's still a retrenchment and the seventh amount you get, whether it's at one week per um, year or there's a little bit more, which often happens on voluntary, you know. Um, often it's one of the reasons a guy put up his hand first because the employer might say, "Listen, I'll pay you guys a little bit more, you know, if, if you can go if you can go first. Um, but, but yeah, those amounts are still entitled to that tax on severance, you know, that five hundred thousand tax free amount we like to speak about. Okay, so essentially, it doesn't change anything in terms of the taxes, but it does if you decide if, if you've given if the company gives you an option to take a voluntary severance package, the whole process moves a lot quicker. Am I right? Yeah, correct. So from a tax perspective, the main difference would be on that director form the employer fills in, mm-hmm. you would tick a different box. That, that's really the, the main difference from a tax perspective. But you're right. From a employer perspective or, or a retention perspective, it's just far easier to go that route, you know. Um, I mean, we know of some employees that they might even be aware they can get another job. You know, so if they're really shrewd, uh, they might even volunteer, go through a retention process, get a little bit more money, you know, on that voluntary retrenchment, get a tax break, and then they've got a job lined up perhaps in the next mm. few months. You know, that would be the ideal situation. It doesn't often happen, yeah. but that would be the perfect situation for an employee, you know. Afropolitans, my guest this evening is Darren Britt. He's an attorney with Remuneration Consultants, and he's talking us through all of the consequences, tax consequences included on severance packages, how they work. If you have any questions for him, please give us a call on 086-00-00959. We've got Darren on the line, and he'll answer any of your questions. Darren, coming back to you, looking at um, the fact that it moves quicker, how long does this whole process start? So I do know that you need to actually apply to certain rules in the Labor Relations Act if you decide to go on a route of um, a, a retrenchment process. How long does the whole thing take from when you start till when you complete? 
Yeah, unfortunately, I normally get involved quite late in the process, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I normally get involved just on that tax side. So by the time your, you know, your labor attorney or your HR has already sent the initial notice, um, you know, they've had the initial meetings with all the staff, uh, you know, that normally takes a week or two. You then need to discuss alternatives to retrenchment to see if you can find another place of work for them or salary cuts, et cetera. Um, only once that employer makes the decision they're going to start retrenching and they come, they come to the point where they negotiate that package do I normally get involved, you know. Um, I've seen very quick retrenchments, especially if you can do it on a voluntary basis and you can get that first notice out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if it's a smaller company, so under 100, 100 employees, um, a lot easier and quicker. I mean, retrenchment can happen, you know, within a month. Um, for larger companies, they have stricter requirements under the Labor Relations Act. Uh, obviously, companies that have uh, unions, where those employees are, are represented by unions, can take far longer because there may be a negotiation involved, especially if they want to go through a voluntary retrenchment. Um, and remember, when it comes to making alternative arrangements before retrenchment, the unions will always push back. You know, they'll say, why not pay cuts first? Why not rotate those jobs around first? Make other arrangements, please. Don't just leave these guys destitute, you know? Retrenchment mm. really should be a, a last resort from an employee perspective, if I can say that. Is there any um, reason for companies to drag this um, out? If you say it all. can happen in a month? Not at all. I think that if it gets dragged out, it's more likely going to be either for uncertainty from the employee's perspective. You know, perhaps they just want to see in the next month or two how much income will they really have. Mm. You know, it's a fine line between keeping an employee, you know, going through a pay cut and having to terminate that employee, you know. It might be a matter of a couple thousand rand, you know, that honestly makes that decision for that employer. So an employer is less likely to drag it out unless it comes down to uncertainty for the future. Um, if it gets, if it takes a bit longer, it might be that the negotiation is taking long, especially on a voluntary retrenchment. I mean, we've seen cases where um, that employer makes an offer to the employee only for that employer to receive a lawyer's letter back. You know, that employee went to the sort counsel, got advice, and they've been told, listen, you know, you can actually push back, you can negotiate a little bit here. You know, we think that this employer actually just wants to get rid of you for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And it's actually tougher for them to go through involuntary retrenchment, you know. Use this opportunity to push back a bit, negotiate a higher payout. Uh, and as soon as that happens, we know if employers get involved, it can take a lot longer, you know. So, so if if you start this process, then um, you know if, if if a staff member has been told you are in the running or you are have been listed as one of the possible employees to get a severance package, they then can take that notice, go to a lawyer, and say this is how much they're offering me. I don't agree, and then you can negotiate on the amount that you're getting paid, or do you go to fight the case so that you are reinstated as opposed to being retrenched? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult question, you know. Um, CCMA, I can tell you now, are inundated with cases, especially now during COVID-19, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, really, they're encouraging employers and employees to resolve their differences behind closed doors into an agreement. I mean, we know the CCMA will often put a little bit of pressure on an employer to perhaps up that offer you know, pay a little bit more just to ensure there's not, not a dispute, you know. So I definitely think in this climate, employees are, shouldn't be encouraged to, to dispute, you know, the issues of the employer mm-hmm. or leave on acrimonious terms. But at the same time, on a retrenchment, I mean, you've got to understand that might be the last money that employee sees for a long time, you know. So especially if it's going to come down to a voluntary retrenchment, you can, you can I wouldn't say pushback, but you can ask for a bit more. Um but remember, nothing prevents that employer from then reinstating the involuntary retrenchment process. 
you know, you can say, okay, well, if no one's going to lift, you know, raise their hand or we can't come to terms, then I'm going to complete the involuntary recruitment process. And in terms of that, other than the amounts already accrued, that employer only needs to pay you one week for every completed year of service. Eh? So if that employer is offering you, you know, four weeks pay and you've only been with that employer for two weeks, uh, sorry, for two years, um, at that stage, you might just want to accept that. You know, you probably don't want to push back, but it comes down to your bargaining power. It comes down to how much you're aware of this employer's, you know, requirements. That's so interesting, Darren. Um, I'd like to explore that a little bit, uh, a little bit more, what you're saying. So that can actually affect the amount that you're talking about. Um, So if you do give all your employees an opportunity to take up the voluntary package and nobody's taking it up. Then you start an involuntary process where a whole list of people are put forward and they are getting retrenched whether they like it or not. This could affect the amount that was on the table prior? Of course, you know. And and again, remember, the the statutory requirement is one week for every completed year of continuous service, you know. So you've got to ask yourself, what, what motivates an employer to pay more than that one week? You know, the two reasons would be, mm. well, if I pay a bit more, hopefully, you know, the right employees put up their hand, you know. Um, and it makes sense. There might be some employees that are, I don't know, you know, better positioned for their role than others. Yeah. But in terms of the retention process, unfortunately, they, they, have, to be, they have to be the first to go. Okay, so Um, this goes back to when you were saying that there's a slight incentive if you decide to do it quickly and you take it, then they would they would agree to pay you a little bit extra. But if it becomes an involuntary process, we we hardline. Exactly right, hundred percent right there. Darren, uh, hold on, we've got a call from Lisa in Soweto. Lisa was retrenched two weeks ago and was given a retrenchment package of two weeks. But when this was paid out, um, it didn't reflect the amount agreed upon. Lisa, a very good evening to you. Thanks for calling in. I've put your question through to um, to Darren. He's on the line. Darren, do you want to take it from there? I think what she's asking is why was the amount agreed upon not reflected in her account? Yeah, and I think that's, yes. that's very common. Oh, hi, Lisa. Hi, I'm, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yes, very well. Yes, um, the thing is that I have been retrained with my working place two weeks, two weeks back. And then as I've had when you explained that, because it was a voluntary retrenchment, so they basically told us that the company is closing down because it's no longer making money and so forth. So I took a, a voluntary retrenchment and then the only money that we agreed on there, they told me that they were going to pay me for, for the two weeks. And then I'm also going to get my, my basic salary. But now as the money has reflected today, it's only the basic salary and an extra amount, but it's not what we agreed on. And have you communicated to your employer yet that you believe there's an amount less than what was agreed? Yes, what I did today is that uh, I asked them to send me my pay because I wanted to know what actual amount will reflect on my account. And then they told me that I'm not going to get a pay today, I'll get it only tomorrow. Yeah, I think definitely await the payslip. And I think if I was you, I'd also ask for a copy of the directive, which they applied for on your severance amount. Did you agree? Okay. Uh, did you prepare a little written agreement to your employer? Do you have your terms in writing? Yes, I, I, I have a contract with me. I, I have what they have written down the seven package that they promised me in writing. 
Okay, so I'll definitely, uh, I don't think you need to involve a lawyer on, on something like this. You can communicate to your employer on email, you can attach a copy of your agreement. You know, in your email, you can kind of screenshot or show them the, the amounts that you agreed on. You know, and then what you should do then is attach your a copy of your bank statement or a screenshot from your bank statement and simply show them. There's a difference between what is on my contract and what is in my in my account. Please, can you just let me know why this is the case? Remember, you don't want to uh, fight too early because there could mm-hmm. be a very good reason for that. You know, it may be a tax mm-hmm. reason, as an example. Uh, so the real real way to do it would be to show them your agreements. Very good, you've got that. Show them the amounts mm-hmm. in your bank account. Ask them for a copy yeah. of the payslip. Ask them for a copy of the tax directive. Um, and then you're right. Just, just very calmly put the question to them and then please explain. You know? Okay. The other thing that I wanted to ask, um, since well I've taken a voluntary retrenchment, so what happens to my lift days? But they're supposed to pay for my lift days or what? Correct. So they should be paying you your salary, your leave days, and anything else you're entitled to. Maybe there's but mm-hmm. notice or something like that. That they will hold tax like they normally do on your salary. You know, um, the severance amount is a little bit different. Have you, in your in your past, ever received a retirement amount, or have you ever received an amount on a retrenchment before? No, this was the first time. Okay, so if you've never received a retirement yeah. benefit before and you've never received any retrenchment, this is your first retrenchment. Um, mm-hmm. and, if, and it's a voluntary retrenchment. They can show they did the process correctly. And they then also did the SARS process correctly. There should be no tax on those two weeks they pay you. So that two-week amount they paid you, which I'm guessing that's the, the severance amount, uh, that amount mm-hmm. shouldn't have tax on it. Obviously, it might vary. I've not seen that agreement you signed. Uh, but typically, if they're saying that we're paying you these two weeks on top of everything else we're paying you, and they say that this is for the retrenchment, those those two weeks should be tax-free. But, Lisa, uh, Lisa, just yes. for clarity, you said that you got your basic salary. Yes, I got my basic salary. And then the only thing that didn't reflect well is the severance package. The severance, the because two weeks. The, yeah, yeah, the two severance package is not adding up to what I've received. It's not adding up at So, all. Darren, that's what's missing. Thing. So, maybe, it, it, does that mean that that's still coming? It could be a timing issue, mm. but I mean, it, yeah, it sounds like they've not been great in the communication. I mean, at least they put an agreement together. So I was more hope in this employer than others, perhaps, you know. Um, but you're right, the communication needs to be perhaps yeah. a bit better. Lisa? The fact that she's uncertain, you know. Yeah. So, Lisa, I think it's great that you have a directive um, on the agreed mm-hmm. amount, as Darren was talking about. So you have a, an agreement that you have on paper. Do everything yeah. on email so you have a paper trail and make sure that you are very clear on what what it is that you're asking for. So Darren, I don't know if you agree, but my suggestion is that Lisa sends them an email with the directive as you were talking about the agreement, um, put it on there and ask them, please, can you clarify for me? This is my salary. This is the amount, my, including my leave days um, and the rest that's owed to me. Uh, but I still am not seeing the two weeks um, severance that you were talking, that we agreed upon. Please, can you advise um, where if this is still coming, so you still you firm, but you are um, and you direct, um, and you're still being polite. You'd like to know, so don't leave it. But I suggest you yeah. send the email so that you know exactly where you stand. So it's either they, they come back to you and say it's still coming in the next few days, or there is an issue here. Yeah, I like that approach. That's great. And the other Okay, the other question that I have is that the company has applied 
um, the the UIF cares for for the employees. They applied it like in in April. So when I checked online, it shows that the money was paid to the company on the third of May. And then other employees have received it, and then I also didn't receive it as well. So that's the COVID-19 TERS scheme, right? Yes, that's correct, yeah. So if they paid it it to the company on the 3rd of May, it should have been paid over to you immediately? Yeah, but I haven't received it because some of my, my colleagues that I've been communicating with, some of them have received it today. So, Darren, should she include this in the email as well? I think she should. I think so. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, you could do two separate emails, but yeah. I think definitely a single email, you know, nicely stated, and have, you can even have two headings. You know, first point, please, retrenchment yeah. question. Second point, UIF question. Because I agree with you, especially mm-hmm. if you know the employees who received that money. I mean, you, you, mm. you're not certain for which employees they've applied for, mm. I guess, you know, so it could be that they've received money for certain employees and not received for others. So again, I agree with Sumitra's approach, firm but polite in your email. You say exactly that. Mm-hmm. I understand that some colleagues of mine have received this, but I have not. Mm-hmm. Please, can you let me know yeah. when, I, when will I receive my money, you know? Be clear, Lisa, in your email, make sure you detail everything because later on, if this does become a problem, all of those emails and that communication can be used. Okay. All right. So you don't want to start a fight with them, but for your own, um, um, for your, for your own sake, it's very important for you to have a paper trail to show that you have had communication and you have been asking about everything. Lisa, good luck and uh, please keep us posted. Um, next week, uh, you know, even before that, please pop me an email and let me know how it went. Um, it's Sumitra at, uh, kayafm.co.za. You can pop me an email. Just let us know. Um, and then, you know, we've run out of time and hopefully we can get you on again Darren obviously there's you know there's more callers wanting to ask questions but we've run out of time we definitely need to pick this up again Lisa thank you so much to you and Darren we have run out of time but we'll chat again soon Darren Britt's attorney with remuneration consultants taking us through everything that you need to know on severance packages my money and me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.